Welcome to part two of our video series with Bell Potter analyst Olivia Hagland. Olivia, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about AI media. It's the very relevant stock during the pandemic as we all saw everything go online. So they're yeah. captioning, translation, transcription. It's the captioning kind of audio service of mm -hmm. the world, right? Yeah. So you hold a buy rating on AI media and you have a price target of 70 cents. Please explain <laughs> your reasoning behind all of this. Yeah, so I think the acquisition of EEG last year for them was massively transformational. Um, it gave them both a SaaS and devices revenue stream at much higher margins, um, and that actually accounts for 30% of their revenue now. So, And that was reflected through about a 33% margin increase to 55% in FY22. Um, and as this as you know, those streams continue to grow as a percentage of revenue, we expect margins to also improve. So quite a big opportunity there. They also achieved EBITDA and operating cash flow break even for the first time in FY22. Um, we, the, the, it's, it's quite a large and growing um, global market with industry tailwinds, such as improving regulatory environments across the world, um, COVID obviously prompting the shift towards um, online interactions and also growth in media consumption. There's so many different things. Also higher numbers of hard of hearing individuals um, so they're all sort of prompting growth in the market there. Um, we also think the ICAP opportunity is quite big for them. So that's essentially a cloud-based captioning distribution network that they inherited from EEG. Um, and it's actually a market leader in the US. So there's quite a big opportunity to establish that in other markets now. Um, also, they've continued to gain market share through contract wins, contract renewals, and sort of expanding on their existing customer uh, wallets as well. Um, they've got about 15 million in cash, so we also think there's some capacity there for them to pursue a small acquisition. Um, yeah, so they're the main things behind our price target and rating. Now we are seeing less reliance on technology post-pandemic as people go back to the offices and webinars turn into seminars now back in person. How does AI media remain relevant in this current age, or the new age, and what expansion do they have on the way forward? Yeah, when it comes to returning to in-person, I think Things like the optionality to work from home is likely to stay now. I think particularly with labour shortages, employees are being prompted to offer benefits like that. Even so, a lot of bigger organisations already have so many offices across different locations anyway. So I think the demand for online meeting platforms and hence captioning infrastructure is something that's here to stay. Um, I think another thing that's driving that is the improving regulatory environments and that's encouraged companies to implement their own sort of goals around inclusivity and accessibility. And I think one example of that is Google who AI Media's just signed a new contract with um, to provide their premium translation services. Wow. Um, and that's despite Google obviously having their own automated Google yeah. Translate service. So yeah, I think that's a prime example of, of the return to in-person continuing to be online. So I think in terms of expansion as well, AI Media sort of have established um, priorities around um, growing the ICAP network globally, um, increasing their revenue share of, of SaaS and devices, um, also enhancing their technology and product offering, either internally or I think that could be through M&A as well, um, and also growing and diversifying their customer base. Yeah, that's mm. very, very... It's what we're looking for at the moment, isn't it? With these growth stocks, they're looking to expand and become yeah. more relevant in the day and age. Exactly. So, signing something with Google is very, very big. Yeah, so it's it was a big get one. To cover that moving forward. Mm. Um, data protection. Let's talk about that. We've yeah. had Optus, Medibank, Telstra, mm. all of these companies having data breaches, and 
it, it, it does pose a risk for consumers these days. Yeah. Does this impact AI media at all? Are they, are they nervous about this on this front? Yeah, so they do have data protection and privacy structures uh, in place and they're constantly monitoring the changes in laws in the different jurisdictions that they operate in. Um, they also do lots of software updates, which include um, security updates as well. The ICAP network actually is quite secure um, as a distribution network. Um, they obviously had an incident earlier in the year with Channel 7 where there was some leaked um, footage, um, which they couldn't prevent, but they do anticipate as a precaution. Um, and there are sort of provisions in their customer contracts that sort of state how they deal with breaches like that. Um, and they are generally able to sort of see quickly where, where and how things have happened. Um, and so they worked with Channel 7 to sort of minimise that damage and they ultimately had a strong enough relationship to see them renew their contract with them oh. as of last month for another five years. So, Perfect. And that's, that's actually a really material contract for them. It's yeah. about 5% of their revenue. So that was good to see, yeah. Well, it's very well handled mitigation, obviously, mm. of that little incident. Yeah. Um, so like Janison, how are AI media handling competition? Yeah, so the, the language services market is actually really fragmented and we've seen a lot of industry consolidation happening recently. So we think that also provides opportunities for AI media in terms of M&A. Um, but in terms of how they actually differentiate themselves from competitors, um, I think the, the level of accuracy of their offerings um, appeals to such a wide customer base now. Um, and in terms of customers, they really focus on live broadcast and live enterprise customers. And that's about 80% of their customer base. So if they were to lose a competitor, uh, lose a customer to a competitor, it's generally to someone who specializes more in the recorded space. Um, I think the other thing is they're also one of the only players or the only player offering um, or selling captioning distribution infrastructure as well. And there's obviously quite a big opportunity to grow that. So we'll close the book on AI media. Now we'll talk about Cluey, one we're both excited about, we're talking yeah. about off air. Um, it's very much a right time, right place company. I know they were doing a bit beforehand, but 2017 founded into the, what's well, an online face-to-face -face student tutoring kind of service before years one to 12, right? In mm -hmm. chemistry, biology, maths, yeah. all the different subjects. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a pandemic favorite. Mm. So not stock, well, stock, but also technology coming yeah. into the space. So how has a company capitalised on this lockdown-driven demand? Yeah, so I think it is important to know that Cluey was seeing um, growth in demand prior to COVID. What COVID has done is accelerate the shift towards online learning, and we expect that to continue in the longer term. Um, with Cluey's entire business model built on cloud-based infrastructure, we think they were and continue to be able to scale um, with this trend. Um, I think initially when the lockdown started, a lot of competitors lacked the digital pedigree to be competing with them. But now what the differentiator is for Cluey and what they have been able to, to do or capitalise on with this continued demand is their ability to capture, um, store and analyse masses of data um, to, to ultimately um, control quality um, across the board for their, for their customers. Yeah. Now, you do hold a speculative buy rating on this company, but you have a price target of $1.10, which is double the current share price. So you are very bullish on this stock. How did you get to this price target and rating? Yeah, so we obviously really like Chloe. Um, <laughs> they've had significant top line growth. It was about 116% in FY22 wow. with revenue of about $34 million. Um, so, and that was driven by strong unit economics. They've moved into different geographies now. So they're in Australia, New Zealand, and there's actually a pilot underway in the UK at the moment. 
Um, they've sort of broadened their subject offerings. So they, as you said, they do maths, English, all the sciences, and they've also got their coding camps that they do. Um, we think the market is extremely large and quite underpenetrated. Um, they, um, there's about 4.8 million school students across Australia and New Zealand, so yeah, quite a large market. And they've seen a lot of industry tailwinds driving demand from um, you know, more standardised testing, parents are looking for alternatives to, to rising private school fees, you know, COVID's prompted the shift towards online learning um, and so on. So I think as well, you know, as I said, they've got quite a scalable tech platform where they can control quality through AI and data analytics. Um, we think there's also a lot of opportunity for strategic M&A. So they acquired CodeCamp last year, which was the first oh. acquisition they had done and also the first in the extracurricular space. Um, they have got about 24 million in cash. So we, we do note that they probably would have to raise funds somehow in order to do an acquisition. Um, but as well as that, they are targeting operating cash flow positive in FY24, which isn't too far away anymore. Um, so I think, you know, they have been able to successfully sort of grow the business as they've made their way towards profitability. And as you said, they only listed back in December 2020. So that's, that's been good. Now, there is a tight labour market around the world. There are higher costs of labour. How has the company accommodated for these higher costs Yeah, so tutoring fees? Yeah, so Cluey um, implemented a pricing increase in July this year. Um, it was about 6% for their one-on-one -on -one sessions to about $85, and I think about 20% for their group sessions to about $60. Um, and they're expecting the sort of net-net result of that to be about a 4% increase in their average revenue per unit. Um, and there's, yeah, there's quite a spectrum when it comes to the pricing of tutors, um, but, you know, they haven't seen much of an impact on demand yet, and it's still, we've seen a lot of competitors also increase their prices, so I think they're still... In terms of pricing, they're remaining competitive. So They're on par, which is yes, great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and finally, how does a company grow and expand mm. and kind of innovate, really? It's a very mm. niche product, having yeah. just tutoring offerings. Mm. So where do you see their expansion and growth and kind of to remain relevant long term? Yeah. So I think I've touched on some of the growth drivers. Um, in terms of the product being niche, I don't think it's that niche just because the total addressable market is, is so big. As I said, there's about 4.8 million students across Australia and New Zealand. And so Cluey have offerings for years 2 to 12 um, across a range of subjects and a range of markets now. So I think as all of those grow, so will that market. We think Cluey is really well positioned um, or to, be, to continue to be relevant particularly through their ability to capture, store and analyse these masses of data that will continuously improve their technology offering into the future. So, yeah, those mm. are the main things. Definitely. Mm. Well, it's one to watch over the coming years, especially mm. FY24 with the expectation to go cash flow positive. Yeah. So thank you for your time. That concludes our series with Olivia. And any other questions, send them through our way.